Welcome to The Fraction, a daily dose of ideas, discussion, and discovery in the realm of radiation therapy. Every so often in life, the stars align and things fall into place to allow for something special. Well, something like this happened about a year ago when the ambitious leaders of Rios Contra Cancer were made aware of Prono. A couple of emails and a web meeting later, we realized we shared a personality and a drive and that we brought to the table complementary tools to pursue some common goals. Specifically, Rios Contra Cancer is a nonprofit, multi-institutional collaborative project with the goal to improve cancer treatment in lower resource regions around the world. Their current focus is Latin America. In this episode, I talk with the founder of Rios Contra Cancer, Dr. Benjamin Lee. Ben studied physics at Harvard University before attending Vanderbilt University School of Medicine, where on his way to his MD, he also received a certification in global health as well as a healthcare MBA. He is completing his medical residency training in radiation oncology at St. Mary's Medical Center at the University of California, San Francisco. The organization is called Rayos Contra Cancer. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that focuses on promoting the highest quality treatments, timely treatments, and affordable treatments for cancer in limited resource settings all around the world. And we focus on building academic, clinic, and industry partnerships to create new low-hanging fruit solutions, which can provide real value to um, everyone involved. Uh, probably what makes us unique is that we're innovative, uh, very collaborative, uh, and very open about what we're doing. And we're really trying to change the paradigm of global health in being uh, more closely integrated with existing efforts and doing a good job communicating so that rather than reinventing the wheel, we're rather synergizing all the different wheels that exist and building new vehicles going forward. Another way to say what Rios Contra Cancer is, is we're a platform for telehealth collaboration. And upon this platform, we can promote opportunities for education, training, research development, clinic care, and clinical development. Now listen, those are some noble goals. So I have to ask, as a first year resident in radiation oncology, every superhero has his or her origin story. So maybe you can take us back and give us the origin story of RCC. Yeah, when I chose radiation oncology, I actually didn't know that there were gonna be global health opportunities. Uh, I think many people have the, the notion that, oh, it requires linear accelerators or, you know, big expensive equipment, and you can't do that in other countries. Well, the reality is that um, radiation oncology actually is probably one of the most cost-efficient ways that we can treat uh, cancer and should probably be one of the, the areas that we pour in the most resources to develop cancer treatment capacity building. So learning a little bit of the economics and the business that, that goes into radiation oncology uh, helped me open my eyes to the different opportunities that existed. Um, I did an MBA at Vanderbilt, and there's a class on social enterprise that I took. With this class, we were paired up with uh, different organizations around the world uh, that were focusing on addressing poverty. Uh, I was introduced to an opportunity to um, help design the first diabetes clinic uh, in the whole country of Guatemala. And 
I didn't think that uh, I was particularly special, but uh, at the end of a few months, um, had designed and had a model for a diabetes clinic, and I thought that was pretty incredible that we could actually go and do these kinds of things, and it kind of gave me a little confidence that, hey, maybe I can do something to help radiation oncology in some of these developing countries. Were you doing an MBA as a, as a complement to, um, to me- during medical school, prior to medical school? Uh, this was during medical school. And Vanderbilt had just built a new innovation center. We had a, uh, a, a, a competition where you could bring any healthcare idea. Uh, and it was called the Radax Innovation Challenge. And so I came up with an idea that sort of involved telehealth and radiation oncology. And I was the only radiation oncology participant. Everyone else was radiology. Uh, I was also the only medical student. Everyone else was resident or faculty. Um, but was able to put together a team, and uh, we, we presented our first iteration of virus contra cancer. And that was May of 2017. And although we didn't win, uh, even before we had the final competition, everyone on the team was so excited about what we were doing that we decided for sure, let's keep working on this. And and so we did keep working on it. And I think sometimes uh, you find that hard work is rewarded. And we were actually invited a few months later, hey, I remember that competition you did and the presentation you gave. We'd actually love it if you could um, be the medical student presenter at this big conference in Atlanta. So I, I went and I was one of the featured speakers for the Health Connect South conference in Atlanta. And uh, the CDC was there, American Cancer Society, a lot of really good people. And, and that's sort of where my, my network began. And from there, um, people learned about this vision, mission that we were building and uh, just wanted to see how they could help. So they put me in touch with different people. I got connected with uh, different people in industry, different people in academia. And uh, before I knew it, I had my first audience with a national cancer center in Latin America. I was able to squeeze in that visit during residency interviews. And then before matching, I was able to squeeze in a few more visits and um, kind of start to build um, a collection of different cancer centers in Latin America that we could work with. And perhaps more importantly, I was learning a lot. And each of the visits that I went to got so much input and so much feedback about how we could make what we're doing even better. And uh, I, I've really enjoyed sort of applying these, these core business principles that you have to get to know your customer. Uh, or your client, whoever you're trying to help or build a solution for, um, if you don't understand exactly what their needs are or what their situation is, you're not going to build the right thing for them. Cool. So did the, is the grassroots team all from Vanderbilt or did you know other, originally was it all from Vanderbilt or did you have people from here, there and everywhere? Yeah, originally it was uh, Vanderbilt. It was uh, me, um, a medical physics resident, internal medicine resident, and a PhD engineering student. We, we had the decision to, uh, you know, be under the body of like a single academic institution, 
um, you know, like Vanderbilt contra cancer or something like that. But I, I kind of had a, a bigger vision that I really wanted to invite multi-institutional collaboration. And so I, I felt that making ourselves Rios contra cancer, uh, we wouldn't be limited. Uh, we'd also have complete freedom over kind of how we do things. And uh, we'd be able to do things quickly and efficiently um, to kind of bring the solutions that could be, that could exist today, uh, bring them into existence. 2017 sounds like a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Let's talk about when you bumped into Prono and then what you've been able to do with Prono since then. Yeah, so by uh, by the time I graduated medical school, um, I knew that what we had definitely needed to continue going forward. And I thought that formalizing ourselves as an organization was the right way to go. So we incorporated in May of 2018 one of the things that was so fun was to to explore and see what existed out there and what could be really helpful to our vision and mission. Um, and then through one of my conversations, actually, it was the program director at Mayo Clinic that I heard about Prono the first time. Ken Oliver. Yeah, Ken Oliver. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and he's like, I, you know, these guys are awesome. Like, you really have to see what this is. And and then I'd heard about Prono one other time, and uh, and I, I learned what, what you guys are doing. I thought it was amazing. And uh, so we, we bided our time just a little bit to, um, to make sure that we were kind of ready for this. But uh, we, we made a lot of progress really quickly and said, hey, like, let's, let's go ahead. Let's reach out to them. So uh, I sent a little message, um, and you guys were really nice in responding. And uh, I think the pieces fell into place so, so easily and so naturally. And we both saw right off the bat how how well we could work together and do things going forward. And that was the the summer, uh, early fall of 2018. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And you've hit the ground running. Gosh, that was just an astro that you were building kind of phase one, as you call it. So in the first half a year, can you summarize what you've done in this first six months with the Prono tools at your disposal? You said it well that we... We wanted to hit the ground running, and uh, we came up with a very simple uh, study, which would both provide lots of very rich information about the way that we're doing our contouring and planning today, um, and also invite um, collaboration, sort of build this team mentality that, yes, we can do these big things together. We started with our first Latin American cooperative study, LACOS. And uh, things kind of exploded on social media and, and people were talking about this. And uh, we had like a, an introductory call in November and we had like 50 participants who, um, you know, each of them taking time out of their day to, to come and learn about this study. Uh, and so now we have uh, 12 different centers participating from seven different countries on this big collaborative uh, Prono project. And um, one of my goals is really to try to empower these different regions so that they can just see what is Prono, like what are the amazing tools that you can do with it, and, and, and how is this not the perfect thing for doing regional collaboration. Uh, I, I think it's really exciting, and so in addition to us sort of fulfilling our study, we really want to uh, teach these new providers 
introduce them and walk them through uh, Prono so that they can uh, get comfortable using it themselves. And then I want them to come to us with their ideas and I want to help them implement their new study projects or educational and training initiatives um, and really uh, empower them and, and take advantage of this, this wonderful opportunity that we have. Um, I'm really happy that Rios Contra Cancer can sort of serve as the bridge and the thing that makes all of this possible. Yeah, I think being, um, being flexible to listen, after, even during the pilot phase, to listen is going to really serve you well. But you did have, you do have a, a pretty well-organized machine going for this pilot. So if you had to give us a virtual block diagram of what you've done so far and to what end, how would you describe that? Yeah, so um, as a first-year resident, I'm certainly not uh, a genius and I don't know everything. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of um, support from uh, senior residents, from faculty, and uh, not, not just from uh, Vanderbilt, but from other institutions as well. Uh, and we, we formed together this project where we would choose um, a stage 2B cervical cancer case and anonymously uh, share the same case with each of the participants in each of these centers. And they can look at their case and work on it in their own workspace. And we wanna see what is everyone doing um, if they're tasked to contour this case? And what is everyone doing if they're asked to plan this case? Given no specific guidelines or directions, it's like, what is it that you're doing every day in clinic? And we're gonna follow up and now provide them sort of specific guidelines uh, based on um, uh, something secret, which I can't reveal. And then we'll see, okay, now that they're oriented, are they able to adapt and sort of meet these new criteria? And we're going to see what variation exists, not only within centers, but within different regions. And then we want to follow through with some of our um, telehealth education and training and seeing, okay, uh, yes, it, it's nice to, to go on and, and give a nice talk, but it's actually having an impact on practice. And our hypothesis is that um, after providing an educational intervention, we can look at how they then contour a uh, similar case and um, using some of Prono's tools evaluate whether there was uh, an improvement uh, in their planning. So that's really interesting. The first thing you did, that's smart. The first thing you did was almost like a, a data rich survey where you're saying, how would you, what would you contour? How would you contour this? Which they could do using the Prono tools. And then the second part is how would you treat this patient? Can you generate a plan and, and host, you know, upload that to Prono so we can see. That's almost like a, a survey of sorts. Then you can mm -hmm. go back and see not only how they would have done it, but now you can start to then offer some, maybe some best practices, but you haven't led the witness. You haven't biased anything at the beginning by saying, here's how you correctly contour it, because it's pretty interesting to even see what people would contour as of now. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Was this... Was there a focus at all on uh, 
it's eventually on external beam or is this also pertaining to brachytherapy? Uh, have you even decided yet? Yeah, so um, uh, our organization really wants to promote um, transitions to uh, the highest quality treatments that clinics are suited for. Uh, a lot of the um, clinics that I see are now getting, um, you know, new Clinax or um, linear accelerators that can perform um, VMAP treatments or IMRTs, um, to say the least. Uh, so we're encouraging uh, centers to show what their IMRT treatment would be. Oh, interesting. When, when you meet with them to start doing the education and kicking off the next phase of it, do you get everyone together at the same time or do you have to communicate via videos or, or web pages or emails or are you able to really be a community where you can hear each other's voices literally? Yeah, so I mean, just earlier today, we had a group meeting with all of the principal coordinators from each of these clinics. On a Sunday? Yeah, so it's kind of like Justice League. <laughs> I like it. And uh, it was really fun, and uh, I think we're all, uh, I'm encouraging us to, to to feel like a team effort going forward in this. And, you know, if there are difficulties or challenges that we face, let's not be ashamed about them. Let, let's speak about them and learn from each other's experiences so that, you know, we can be the pioneers and the leaders and the innovators in this in order to, to build a path forward for, for the next generation to come. That's cool. You said 12 institutions in seven nations, correct, so far in the first six months? Mm -hmm. Roughly how many people are involved either directly or indirectly then? It's got to be a lot. Yeah, with a mix of radiation oncologists and medical physicists, uh, we had an initial recruitment of 132 participants. We've assigned a leader at each of the different clinics who can be sort of a point contact, and we're trying to do our best to empower that leader so they can communicate within their department. And then I think the next steps is now we have a whole center that's oriented and knows how to do this. And that center can be a leader for other centers in the region. That's pretty amazing. And what language do you use? Do you, are you using English as the common denominator or, or do you do your meetings in Spanish? Yeah, fortunately I speak Spanish. Um, I'm actually half Mexican and uh, definitely come, comes into handy. I, I can't say my Spanish is uh, as amazing as their Spanish, but we're able to communicate. Uh, it's really fun. And uh, so far, um, Central and South America, but uh, we're already building other initiatives too, um, which are very scalable to uh, other continents. Um, if you want, I can talk about um, some of the other projects that we're doing too. Well, actually, before you go there, can you give a shout out to the seven? Can you name off the seven countries that are currently participating? We have Argentina. We have Brazil, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, Mexico, uh, and uh, Peru and Spain. Looking forward, I mean, it's probably impossible to look forward years, but when you're hoping about things in the future, what would you like to see this become? Either, you know, you can be as specific or tangible as you want, or you can, or you can be as general. So what do you, what do you hope happens? Big vision. We're building a pipeline 
And a lot of virus control cancer is built off of the, the support and engagement of medical students. And each of these medical students that's working with us is going to be an absolute all-star when they get to residency. Furthermore, not all these medical students are going into radiation oncology. Uh, a lot of them are kind of uh, choosing what they want to specialize in. And we're showing them that, hey, there's a lot that you can do. That The, the world is, um, is awesome. And there are other people that, that want to help. And, and so we're showing how you can really do amazing things just by communicating and collaborating. Uh, for virus contra cancer, our mission statement is, is anything that's improving cancer care. So this, this won't just be limited to radiation oncology, uh, and we would invite collaborations uh, with pathology and radiology, gynonc, surgonc, medonc, um, you know, all of these different fields uh, down the road eventually. Uh, students will become residents, residents will become specialists, and uh, that's, that's like the U.S. side of things. Um, and in other high-income countries that, that have a sort of a, a passion for global health, uh, we would love to make this something that can be part of their careers. And I've heard that's one of the challenges right now is that, you know, you're a resident, you're interested in global health, maybe you can do a one-month rotation, but then that's kind of it, and then you go into the real world. Well, we want to change that. We'll have to be smart about it, but I think there's a way forward where we could have a, a global health oncologist or radiation oncologist as a thing that actually exists. Oh, absolutely. And in, in fact, if you think about it, the machines, like you said very, very well, they can be plugged in almost anywhere now. But people sometimes in radiation oncology, they think, oh, you got a great machine, you can do a great treatment. No, 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 no. I mean, there's everything that we don't even have to repeat here, but they, but almost any country can either buy or have donated, what, let's call them a photon printer. <laughs> if you get this great photon printer, you need someone there to, to write the stories, and that's essentially the gap you're filling. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we will adapt to sort of stay with the times um, and fit the, the current needs. Um, and then in the future, help fill the future needs. Uh, right now, one of the current needs is there's, there's large gaps in education and training. And uh, as we all know, anyone who's been in medicine is that sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And if it's humbling, um, it can also be a little bit uh, dangerous, uh, especially when you're working with real patients. And, uh, and once you learn how much better what you're doing could be, uh, I feel like you'd be motivated to try to do that um, for the interest of your patients. And as we, you know, get to the point where we're able to measure our outcomes and, you know, have follow-up with our patients, which, you know, I hope a lot of these countries we're working with will, will develop that capacity. It's going to be even more important um, on the front end to make sure that we're, we're doing the best treatments. Absolutely. Let me give you a chance to plug yourself here at the end. So when, when you found us, we, you know, I immediately knew, though, this is part of what Prono's made for. So it was a no-brainer for Prono to basically give the equivalent of a technology grant, free usage of all our technology for your endeavors. If we are able to entice other vendors to similarly donate, uh, donate or, or give grants 
technology grants or even financial grants. How would they go about getting a hold of you, Ben? We have a website, uh, rioscontracancer.org. And so on that website, there's a contact button. Uh, but you can also just email me personally. Um, I'm uh, bli at post.harvard.edu. Um, and uh, we're going to be uh, official 501c3 status starting in May, uh, at which point we'll have really cool, fancy looking emails like ben at rioscontracancer.org. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. But yeah, the, I mean, we're, we're, we're really efficient with what we do. Um, and we're just trying to create really simple, efficient solutions. Uh, there's so much that can be done with, with what exists already, and we're just putting the pieces into place. Uh, so, so far, everything that we've uh, done at this point has been built off of um, very minimal um, sort of financial reliance. That being said, with an eye towards growth, I'm really excited for all the other things that we could do um, if people wanted to um, invest a little bit of money into Rouse Country Cancer. We're, we're championing new leaders in this field. I feel like we've got the right people working on this. You know, I'm just one person, and if I can help raise um, a, a, an army of, of other people who are way better than I am, then that's going to be my impact on the world. We thank Dr. Ben Lee for his time, and we thank Rails Contra Cancer for all that they're doing. They're certainly our kind of people, and it's an honor to build the tools that help them reach their goals. Their goals, after all, are our goals, and yours too, to help people, to improve ourselves and others, and to cure cancer. The Fraction is a Prono production. If you have any ideas for a future topic, something you'd like us to explore, or a story that you would like to tell right here on the show, then by all means, let us know. We want to hear from you. 